I never preached on this uh, until very recently. I actually used this in a Bible study in a rest home many, many, many moons ago, back in 2002. And I uh, used this as a sermon for the Valle de Gracia uh, Reform Congregation in Shafter. It's the Spanish or Hispanic uh, mission outreach of, uh, of that uh, church. And it's called Valle de Gracia. So I, I, I used it at that occasion and I was accompanied by the pastor, uh, Valentil Alpuche, who preached in Spanish. And it went very well. The Lord was very merciful to us to make it go well. Of course, some of them knew English, with children most especially. So uh, it was necessary to be in both languages. So uh, Psalm 27, verse 4, reads, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we are thankful for the beauty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for his perfect life, for his absolutely immaculate, impeccable obedience, for his perfect righteousness, which is then, Lord, not only his to assure his restoration to your right hand in his ascension, but is absolutely requisite for us to whom it is imputed, who believe upon Jesus and are justified by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ on the basis of his atoning death and his justifying righteousness in his resurrection from the dead. And so we praise you and give you thanks for your son, our Lord Jesus, our beautiful Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. Beauty, that which gives the highest degree of pleasure to the mind or senses and suggests that the object of delight approximates one's concept of an ideal. That's someone's definition. I'm borrowing. There are other synonyms that, that go along with this. Lovely, handsome, pretty, comely, fair, good-looking. A beautiful face, a beautiful place, like those who have been on vacation, like to Colorado and, and Utah, uh, recently a family in our congregation. A beautiful sunset, like we see almost on a regular basis here in San Diego. Moses, when he was born, was considered exceedingly fair. What a beautiful baby he must have been. So beautiful that probably the, the, the beauty of this child alone cause him to be picked up by the maid of the Pharaoh's daughter in the water where he was in a basket. David, when he was anointed king, had a, quote, beautiful countenance and goodly to look upon. How about the Lord Jesus? How about the Lord Jesus? What does the word have to say about the Lord Jesus? Do you know that as appearances go, the Bible says he was ordinary to look at, by the world standards anyway, at least if I'm 
reading scripture correctly. So in Isaiah 53, 2 and 3. Isaiah 53, 2 and 3. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. There we go. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Does that say enough? Let me read on. He is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Nothing extraordinary by any stretch of the imagination. Nothing to attract or delight the senses in. In fact, everything to repel us because of the natural enmity of our fallen hearts. Yet to the spiritual senses of one made alive by the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus is altogether lovely. As Song of Solomon declares, This is my beloved Jesus Christ, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Let us learn more about him. Let's look to John 1, 3, 1 through 3 and 14. A very familiar passage to us who know the word or have been in the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I'll read on a little bit more. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And it goes on in verse 14 to say, And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is God to the glory of God the Father. End of discussion. The prologue of John is enough to cinch it as far as the deity of Christ, as far as the Godhood of Jesus Christ, and for that matter, as far as the truth of the Trinity, that is God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. John goes on to say in verse 15, He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Of course he was before him. Not only in stature, but in longevity, in terms of his existence, his pre-existence. He is the eternal Son of God. And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. And guess what? In Him we see God. Do you know that because of our fallen sinful nature, you and I have a dirty soul, an ugly soul, as it were. I know that's not something that we like to, to think about. I mean, we don't... 
like to think that uh, we are that way. We like to think that we are good. We like to think that we are uh, beautiful. And indeed, what God has given, such as a newborn baby, is wonderful. It's beautiful. Every baby is beautiful. And not just to the mothers. <laughs> but what we're talking about is in terms of our spiritual condition, we have an ugly soul. And only the Spirit of God can cause one to see that. And after seeing the real me, spiritually speaking, as we are looking through the prism of Scripture, as we are looking through the eyes of God, a perfectly holy God, such as when we read the law of God like we did earlier, only the Spirit of God can make you see your need of the beauty of the Son of God. And indeed how beautiful He is. So beautiful that His glory exceeds the fairest. Not just of ten thousands, but of all. And it's a beauty that can cover our spiritual ugliness. God give you eyes to see, as well as a heart to believe in the righteousness of Jesus and in the precious blood of Jesus to cover your spiritual hideousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He is the fulfillment. He is the completion of that for us who believe. And not just for himself. And not just for the Father. But for us. God give you eyes and me as well, better clarity, better vision, that we see our total need of the perfection and the holy life of Jesus to replace our own. If you're saved, it's already done, but there's something about admiring that. There's something about growing in likeness to Him who is so. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, Paul speaks about how once we were ugly and now we are beautiful. If I can put it that way. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Meaning if you have this lifestyle, if you're indulging in this lifestyle, if you are caught in this grip of sin, in this bondage, you're not going to heaven. Not the way you are. You better hear this loud and clear right now. Hopefully that's why you're here. Because you need the remedy. There's only one, and there's only one. And such were some of you, he says. Meaning there's some of you who came from this background. Who were in this lifestyle. Who were indulging in this sin. And boy was it a besetting sin. You couldn't even run the race. You had weights on you that would keep you from running the race. And it didn't matter how, if you were in, in uh, uh, any gym like CrossFit, you still had so much holding you down that 
there was no way you could run the race of the Christian life. And yet, Paul holds out this ray of hope. He says, and some were, and, and such were some of you. Such were some of you. And though you may be struggling from time to time, and though you may be aching in your heart whenever you, 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 you commit that sin, even if it's just in your thought life, yet you're not what you once were. You're not what you are yet to be, but you certainly were, are not what you once were. You are what you are by the grace of God. And that's what is important. And that's what matters. And you are to see yourself in Christ. Not having your own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness, which is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And because you have it, you are to hold on to that tenaciously with all your heart, with all that is in you, because it's true. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming you. And don't you forget it. And don't you let anyone tell you otherwise. For ye then be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affections not on things of the earth, but on things above. Where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. When Christ appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. That's his promise. It's a, it's a sure thing. It's a done deal as far as God is concerned. And may I say, more and more as far as we're concerned. We can hold out with hope because the promises of God are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us. These are His exceeding and precious promises that are only for the children of God. Are you His child? That's the most important thing you need to assess and know right now. And not give up. And not let the world tell you otherwise and, 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 and cause you to stumble and to want to give up because the, 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 the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He will tell you a lie. He will tell your soul, you are not a child of God. Stay in the dirt. Stay in the mud. And don't get up. And the hand of, this, of the shepherd is, 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 is there to lift you up. But you have to look up. You have to look up. You have to look up. God give us eyes to see that it is a pure heart that is the beginning of this journey needs to be cloned in the place of our deceitful and desperately wicked heart. As is promised in the book of Ezekiel when he says, a new heart also will I give you, God said. A new heart also I will give you. And a new spirit will I also put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh. Do you hear that? That's major surgery. And that's performed by God, the great physician, and no one else. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have any other surgeon to do it either. Because <laughs> no one will do it. No one can but him, but the Lord. And you know, it took a great sacrifice. It says of our Lord, speaking again of his beauty, as many as were stonied at thee, his visage, meaning his appearance, was so marred more than any man in his form, more than the sons of men. His visage is his face, his form is his body, 
He was brutally marred. He was brutally beaten. He was beaten to death, or almost. And then he was crucified, and that, that sealed it. And then it goes on in that prophecy in Isaiah 52. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The king shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see. And that which they had not heard shall they consider. And that is the nations. Peter talks about it, does he, does he not? He talks about it in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 1 through 5, and I'm going to read, read it to you. It's, it's, it's exactly what we need to hear. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, and the Philippines, Mexico, and the list goes on, right? Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, and to obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. There is the Trinity. And there is the sprinkling. The sprinkling of the many, of the many nations, even by the blood of the Son of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively or living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. For an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You're saved by Jesus' death and resurrection. And that is why we must preach that. And that's the simplicity of it all. That's the simplicity which is in Christ. It is that simple. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me and rose again. And his blood is enough to wash away the sins of many sinners. In fact, if, if God wanted to, the sins of the whole world. But we know that that was not what that sacrifice was for from Scripture. And we leave that with God. But the opportunity exists and is available for anyone who will come to him. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And hath made us kings and priests unto God the Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In the eyes of our holy God and Father, we and all of his blood bought children are beautiful his sight, conformed and being conformed to the image of his son, Romans 8.29. And one day we will be made truly beautiful, just like him. As it says in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath given, hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, 
but we shall see him as he is, meaning with the eye of flesh and no longer with the eye of faith. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. As the encouragement that is the Lord's word to us to keep at it, to not give up, keep going on because the Lord will complete that which he has begun even at his return. God does not love us for anything that is attractive in and of ourselves. I think we've established that already. God takes pleasure in loving sinners. Can you believe that? I, that is why people stumble over Christ. They can't understand how it can be so simple that all it takes is faith. And yet that's all it takes. Faith in, in, in Jesus Christ. Because he does love unattractive and ugly sinners, which we are. But that's the beauty of God's grace and love in his Son. For the Lord, taking pleasure in his people, he will beautify the meek with salvation, and he does. And after that, when this life is over, as we get close to the end of our journey, we will say as, as, as uh, David did, in uh, Psalm 16:15 what It's actually 16:11 Thou will show me the path of life and thy presence is fullness of joy and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore and then in 1750, that's the one I'm looking for. As for me, I will behold thy face in what? Righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. I can't wait. In the meantime, there's a song that might encapsulate uh, uh, the, the, the heart's longing and passion for beauty. And uh, I won't uh, bless you by singing it. I'll just read it. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All this wonderful passion and purity. O thou spirit divine, all my nature refine till the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Remember how it all began. How it began by an exchange of sin for righteousness our sin for his righteousness. They say that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Spiritual beauty, which is in the soul, by the way. I mean, you can be beautiful on the outside. Sarah was, and yet her beauty, according to scripture, was inner beauty. Her real beauty, as it were. Is that what you want? And I'm not just talking about the ladies either. God beholding the beauty of Christ in you. He is beautiful without any makeup, as it were. But may we augment that by the transformation that he is beginning and is doing even right now in our lives. Seek the Lord to know him, to love him, and to serve him all the days of your life.
One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Will you do that? Will we do that? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, and may, Lord, it be what you use by the hand of the Holy Spirit to quicken us and to move us on our way forward in the Christian life. In Jesus' name.